Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thank you, Pastor Tyke, for sharing from your heart. Let's give him a big welcome as he comes to deliver the Word of God. Amen. Good evening, everybody. It's so good to be with you tonight. And, uh, well, can I just firstly just want to thank uh, Joe and Lena for the invitation to be here um, with all of you folk here in Adelaide. Uh, Jody and I have just had a ball. We have had the time of our lives. It's been a very special time for us, actually. And uh, thank you, Danny, for working this whole thing so we could get here. We love, we love uh, the conference. We love the church. And uh, we love the city. We love Adelaide. It's a great place. We, we decided if we had to come and live in Australia, which we won't, but if, if we were to then uh, we, would, uh, we would come to Adelaide. We wouldn't go to Sydney or Melbourne. I reckon Adelaide's a place for us. Amen. Everyone seems so warm and friendly. I keep asking everyone, like, is everyone like this in Adelaide? And we haven't met one grumpy person. Well, not yet. And so it's been good so far. And uh, Italian hospitality, my goodness. We have been, I don't know, blessed. I don't know what you would call it, but the food has been out of this world. Honestly, we've... The only problem is I know when I get home on Tuesday when I get on, when I get on those scales, I know it's going to say to me, one at a time, please. <laughs> I'm sure that there's been, a, there's been some excess weight put on over this last few days. But anyway, it's been all good. But I've um, got one last message for you tonight, um, and so trust that God's going to uh, really speak to us. Before we do, why don't you just tell the person next to you, where did you get those shoes? Father, we thank you for <clears throat> what you have done. Over the last few days, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. And, Lord, in the life of many of those who have come and even those who are here tonight. And Holy Spirit, we just pray this final session of this weekend and conference. Holy Spirit, that you will do what I can't do. Mm. And that you will just touch lives. Yes, yes. Lord, it's our greatest need, Lord, is not for more things. Lord, it's for more of you. Because, Lord, with more of you, everything else comes. It's a package deal. So, Father, we're asking tonight that before we leave this place, that somehow we'll have a greater consciousness of you and an awareness of you in our hearts and our lives and everything about us. So, Father, just grace us with your presence, please. We ask humbly but earnestly. And with faith in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. The thing that sets Christianity apart from all other religions is that it's actually more than a, a book with a set of rules to follow. It's 
Christianity involves a personal relationship, a personal friendship yeah. with a person. Yeah. The person's name, of course, is Jesus, who is no less than God himself. Yeah. You know, no other religion in the world offers that mm. personal relationship. Abraham was called a friend of God. Yeah. And I'm thrilled tonight to be able to say, I am a friend of God. Mm. Why don't you tell the person next to you, I'm a friend of God. You, know, you talk about name dropping. If you're going to drop names, why don't you drop the big one? My friend is Jesus. You know, I've got an appointment with Jesus. And uh, I mean, he is the best of all. And in human relationships, you can get to know people more and more and more by spending time with them. And the good thing is about a relationship with God is you can get to know God more and more and more. And my relationship with God, with Jesus now, is much more wonderful today than it was when I started this journey a number of decades ago. And developing that relationship has become the biggest quest of my life. And uh, it's something I thoroughly enjoy. And, uh, you know, getting to know God more is just a fantastic thing. But uh, when relationship is missing with God, with Jesus, all you're left with is religion. Right. Religion is dead. Religion is boring. Yeah. And the next generation of the world are not interested in religion. Yeah. But they are interested in a relationship yeah. with the living God. You're interested in a relationship that is real, that is meaningful, that is powerful, that is not an observation of a whole lot of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. That's, that's, you know, that maybe there's a lot of bits and pieces of the Bible in that. But what people want is a relationship with God. And the best advertising, I think, for Christianity is that we have a personal, living, dynamic, exciting relationship with God himself. Yeah. Everyone wants that. People are hungry for that. So why don't we go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. I'm sorry our slides for this didn't get here tonight. Someone has just lost their job. But uh, never mind. Uh, Genesis 3 verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord. This is in the garden. Of, uh, of, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves, of course. And, you know, then the Lord came and called Abraham and said, where are you? So in the very beginning, right at the beginning, Genesis is all about relationship with God. Yeah. God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And, you know, God's desire for everyone in this auditorium is that you have a personal, close, real, living relationship with Jesus. You enjoy His presence and you hear His voice. Because when you have a walk with God, when you do walk with God and you have that relationship, Christianity is the most exciting, the most satisfying, the most fulfilling, the most powerful walk on the planet. Nothing can compare with a relationship with a living God. Walking with Jesus, knowing Jesus, and getting closer and closer to Him. That is life at its very best. Unfortunately, too many miss out on that and get caught up in the thing that I call religion. But throughout the Bible, one of the things that we see is men and women having what I call encounters with God that made Him real. And God's will for every one of us here tonight is to have encounters with Him, or what I call moments with God, makes it a bit simpler, where God touches you where God makes himself just that little bit more real than maybe he was to you yesterday or the day before. And those encounters change you. And you can have a moment, an encounter with God tonight where he touches your life, where he does something amazing in your heart. And I believe that is God's will for you before you leave the auditorium tonight. Now, I just want to explain something here that encounters do not have to be dramatic. 
You know, an encounter with God doesn't mean you have to fall on the floor and get slain and knocked out for an hour or half an hour. It doesn't mean you have to see a burning bush. It doesn't mean this fire got to come down from heaven. It doesn't mean you have to see an angel. My wife sees an angel every morning. You laugh. How do you know? Could be an angel. <laughs> well, no, not likely. But, you know, your moment may be dramatic, but something far less can have huge impact. And I think this is where the enemy tries to deceive us and rob us by making us feel that this encounter has to be something very dramatic. So let me demystify encounters. Let me demystify moments with God. So tonight you came and you were singing away, and you know the singing here is always amazing. It's always fantastic. But you know, you sing a song, and then suddenly you find one line of a song just catches your heart. Is that right? That's your moment. That's your moment. You stay with that moment because God's tapping you on the shoulder and saying, son, daughter, I've got something to say to you. I've got something I want to do in your life. So we were singing these songs, and the one about the grave song, I love that grave song, and I don't know if you can get it up there, but um, it says, you know, and he called my name, and I came out of the grave into his glorious life. When we were singing that, immediately, and I've never done this before, I immediately thought of myself, before I was saved, lost in a dark grave. And then he called my name, dark. And I came out of that grave, out of that darkness, into his glorious light. That, that moment, friends, impacted my life tonight. I've had my moment, but I had another moment just in the singing, let alone in the preaching or anything else. And the second one was about that song, Was It All Of My Days? I will sing. How does it go, Chris? By the way, it's $200,000 a contract, mate. It's a good one. <laughs> just, just saying in passing. How's that song? All of my days, I will sing of the goodness. Yeah. How does it go? It's just, just dropped 150,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll sing of the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. So in all of my days or something like that, I will sing of the goodness of the Lord. And I thought, wow, what a testimony to be a person that's always singing of the goodness of the Lord. Isn't that what our world is looking for? You know, just, just advertising Jesus. And a wonderful... So I've had those two moments. So maybe another time you're reading God's Word. And, and you know, you, you're reading it and it's all sort of, you know, it's a bit boring sometimes, isn't it, to be honest, especially if you're in Leviticus or Ezekiel or something. But, you, but you're reading it away and then just suddenly you read one sort of verse or a line and you just think, oh, that's interesting. It's your moment. That's your moment. It's not going to jump out of your page like a burning bush. If it does, great. But more likely, it's not going to. It's just going to be, because the, the, the Spirit of God is barely perceptible. Barely perceptible. It's like the, you know, he wasn't in the, the wind and the rain and the mountain and all this. There's a still, small voice. And so it's like the whisper of the Spirit. That's your moment. So you want to grab that moment. And it's yours, and God can speak to you through that verse. And you know, you know, meditate on it, stay with it for a while. Here's another one. You, you know, you're praying, you go to a prayer meeting, and you know, prayer can be interesting. Times can be pretty boring, can't it, when you're having your personal pray, prayer time? But you're praying, 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 and then suddenly you pray about something, and it's just a little bit easier. Who's experienced that? Give me a wave. It's just a little bit easier. That's your moment. That's your moment. We've got to say, 
hey, come on, you're on tune with what I'm wanting you to pray for. So when you start looking for your moments and recognizing these small things, you're going to see them all the time. Then you start looking for them more and more, and it just makes your walk with God so exciting, you know, so fulfilling and so satisfying because you know that you're in connection with this real and this living God that loves you. And, uh, you know, it just it makes me more interested in reading my Bible, more interested in singing a song, more interested in praying. I'm just waiting sometimes for that moment. Those moments change you, but those moments keep Jesus real. You know, when you lose those moments for too long, you become religious. And religious people are not nice people. They often are very harsh and hard. And, and you know, the, the, this is the rules and this is how we do it. And the grace sort of goes. So to keep your heart soft, you've got to keep having these moments. Moments with God. I, I say on a daily basis, we need to restore moments back to the church. We need to restore encounters back to the church and make this God as real as he really is and have that relationship with him. So Exodus 2 verse 4, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And Joe mentioned this the other day. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw, watch this. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, then God spoke. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Moses saw the burning bush. He's reading the Bible and he noticed something interesting. Or he's in a song worship service and he, one line of a song comes alive. That's, that's a burning bush, friends. But nothing happened until Moses stopped. Until, hold on a minute. I want to look into this a bit further. And when he examined the burning bush, then God spoke to him. And I think so often there's a burning bush all around us. But we just, we just march on because we're in a hurry. God says, no, 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 hold up. Hold up a bit. I want to do something in your life. I want to speak to you. I want to minister to you. Slow down a bit. Tell the person next to you, slow down a bit. We, we, don't we need to hear that? We're so running all the time. We're rushing everywhere, you know? <laughs> Burning bush. And God spoke to him and it changed his life. See, to me, reading the Bible can be like regular burning bush moments. To me, it's a, you know, I, I preach a whole message on it. You know, the Bible is a burning bush. Because every time it speaks, it's like it's on, the Bible comes alive. It's like it's on fire. And I've got verses, friends, that God has spoken to me 30 years ago. It, they're like a fire that I noticed from the Word of God. Guess what? 30 years later, that fire's still burning. Why? Because it's from God. It's eternal. It's never going to go away. Some of those verses I go back to again and again and again and again. And every time I read them, there's God's there. The presence is there. I feel something. Faith comes. They're, they're precious moments, friends. And that's what keeps my faith. Sometimes when I'm discouraged and not going very far, I'll just go back to the Word of God and say, and to one of those burning bush moments that I had years ago, and I read it again, and something starts to lift again in my spirit. Friends, this is not complicated. This is not rocket science. This is anyone can do this stuff. Anyone can do this stuff. So, you know, in this conference, as you've heard me say, there's been numbers of moments with God. I've ser seriously received more from this conference than I have given out and because of that, I'm going back to New Zealand, not exhausted and run down. I'm going back replenished, refired and renewed. So thank you very much. 
I appreciate that. It's just been great to be here. So, you know, we can all hear the voice of God. Do you know that? My Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. How many of you are one of God's sheep? Give me a wave if you're one. Of, yeah, okay. Obviously, a lot of you aren't. We've got an altar call for you at the end of the service, all right? <clears throat> so, years ago, when I'd go up to India, the lines were not that very good, you know? It was sort of 10, 20 years ago. So I'd ring home and I'd ring my wife and she'd answer the phone. It'd all be crackling and there's interference and all the rest of it. But as soon as she answered the phone, I knew it was my wife. Why did I know it was my wife? Because I've spent so much time with her, talking to her, that I can recognize her voice in a crowd of hundreds of people or on a line that's got massive interference because I know her voice so well. And then when she answers the phone, friends, I know if she's glad. I know if she's sad. Danny, hear this? And I know if she is mad. And all the men said, we know what you're talking about, Pastor. But I know his voice. Her voice, because I've heard it so many times. And friends, if you'll spend enough time with God... And just talking to him, he will talk back to you. And slowly but surely, you learn to recognize the voice of God. Like we did through a song set, through prayer, through reading the word of God, you begin to learn to recognize that small, still voice of God. We can all have a close walk with Jesus. You know, some people get bored with church, bored with being a Christian. Really? Thank you for the overwhelming response on that point. Yeah, okay, all right, moving right along. Boredom with religion is possible, but boredom with a relationship with God, never. I've been walking with God 40 years, friends, and I have never been bored walking with Jesus, fellowshipping with Him, being in His presence, worshiping. Yes, sometimes it's been hard going, sometimes it's been difficult, sometimes it's been challenging, but I'd never say it's been boring. Religion can be boring. Relationship with God himself, well, that's pretty hard to get bored about that. And my life with God, my walk with him today is more exciting than it's ever been before. A moment can change your life. There was a man in my church a number of years ago, and he was incredibly bitter. He had, in fact, 40 years of bitterness because his dad left him at the age of 13. And he did everything he could to forgive his father because he knew it was the right thing to do. But this, this, yeah, 40 years of bitterness. And you know, a lot of people with bitterness, they want to get rid of it. They don't want to stay bitter or unforgiving, but it's just so, so hard. So he'd been trying every trick in the book, couldn't do it. One day I'm leading a service, the end of the service, I don't know what I preached on, probably a useless message. But anyway, so I, you know, when you've done a useless message, you sort of got to do some other stuff and try and make, make up for it. So anyway, I, said, I felt the presence of God, I felt the love of God's in this place. So I said to the congregation, I said, look, what, like God's love, I said, why don't you just reach out to the love of God? Well, this guy's in the service, he reaches out to God, he sent me an email the next day. And he said, when you told me to reach out for the love of God, he said, I felt this oil. I've never had this experience in my life. Well, went from my head, from the top of my head, right through my body. And he said, in that moment with God, 40 years of bitterness left my body. Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. He's a real God, friends. He's powerful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you know, that's a testimony. That should be the norm, not the exception. We've got to bring encounter back to the church. 
We've got to bring moments back to the church. We've got to bring life transformation back to the church. You know, because people desperately need change. Des- des- people desperately need answers. So we've got to create an environment of encounter, an environment of transformation, an environment of moments with God. And so when you come to a service, we'll get onto this in a moment. That's what you come with, this expectation that God is going to do something powerful in your life every time you come to the house of God, or even when you're in your own personal times of prayer or whatever it might be. But come with me, would you, to Acts chapter 2, 1 to 2, because this really, yeah, I think this is, this is interesting. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them clothed in tongues of fire. They all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In AD 30, Jesus had failed to spread his message beyond the borders of Palestine. His mission looked like a colossal failure. Yet after the death of Jesus, Christianity grew massively. You ask the question, what happened? Well, the day of Pentecost changed everything. The church was birthed in encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that's what transformed ordinary bunch of believers into a force that would go out and change the world. Listen to this, friends. In the DNA of Christianity, in the birth of the church, was encounters with God. That's how the whole thing started. It started with encounter. If we're going to sustain the church in power, it must continue to have encounters with God. It started with encounter. It's going to continue with encounter. When we let encounter go, we're with religion. Religion's dead. It's boring. It's powerless. It will not change society or community. We've got to bring back the power of God. We've got to bring back encounters with God. We've got to get back to the DNA of the church. It's the DNA of the church. We should never lose it, friends. When we do, we're in dangerous territory because we get religious and we get nasty and mean and the world is not interested. Sorry to get a bit excited on that point, but you know, this, this is how the church began. Didn't begin with a set of rules. Began with encounter. Lives being touched and changed. How does Danny sit in this front row still smiling today? Friends, not because of a whole lot of rules and regulations. You need to be in church. You need to pray. You need to read your Bible. I guarantee if you talk to encounters, moments that have touched his life, that have given him the answer in his greatest hour of need. It's in the DNA of the church, which just means it's in your DNA. You are wired for encounters. Tell the person next to you, you are wired for encounters. Yeah. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let them tell you you're not a person of encounter. You're not a person of moments. You are wired, designed, created by God to encounter Him. You're made in the image of God. You're just like God. You and God are very similar. He can talk to you. You can walk with Him. You can know Him, love Him, serve Him, and worship Him. You're as close to God as you can possibly get. Made in the image of God. Tell the person next to you, you're just like God. Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jeremy, start looking forward to having you with us, Jerry. You're a good man. Sorry, folks, but, you know, it's just the way it is. Are you getting this, folks? You see, with Encounter, we become a force that can change this world. Without it, friends, we're powerless. We're powerless. We'll never get the job done. See, all the human effort in the world, it's not going to change society. One touch of the power. Oh, man, one person on fire. 
One person walking with God can make such a massive difference in our society today. We need to fight for and protect encounters with all of our strength. You see, I think one of the mistakes we make as a church, we let things go. You know, we let healing go. You know, we let deliverance go. We let the power of God go. We let encounters, we let it all go. And we've got to fight to try and get this stuff back. And I'm on a mission to fight for some things to try and get them back in Jesus' name. A friend of mine visited some magnificent cathedrals and went throughout Europe. And he said to me, he said, man, it was amazing. These magnificent edifices, ones filled with God's presence and glory. And he said, there's not an ounce of God left in most of those places. And I thought, man, what a disaster. And the Holy Spirit said, you be careful, Tark, before you judge too much. As a Pentecostal pastor in church, you're in danger. Also of losing the manifest presence of God and the power of God. And you can easily be not far away from being like a cathedral, still full of people, but no presence. See, somewhere in the history of the church, the sermon became the centerpiece of messages, of, 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 of a service. became the centerpiece. And hey, I love the Word of God, and I'll preach the Word of God, and I don't like places that don't preach the Word of God. But friends, there's something that trumps the Word of God in a sense, and that is the presence of God. Because the presence of God makes this book come alive. Otherwise, it's a religious rules and regulation. People hate that stuff, friends. But when it's delivered in the power of the Spirit, Paul said, my words were, my preaching, my message, we're not enticing words of man's wisdom. I don't think he was that great a preacher from, from his own testimony. But he said it was a demonstration of the Spirit and the power. He changed the world, friends. Not through fancy preaching, but through presence. Through power. That's what the church needs to fully restore. I'm not saying it's all gone, but we just need to fight for that more and more and more. And never, never look at, feel that we've got it all covered and, you know, that we're going to be okay. we just got to fight for some of these things. And, you know, Joe, I just had a, a word for you. I know I've given you another word before, but um, it's, it's an Isaiah passage. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. I believe that as you wait upon God, you know, some people say when you wait, you know, I'm praying all the time, you don't get much done. Wrong. When you wait, you end up running. You end up running for God. And the more you wait, the faster you can run. You know, it's not the reverse. People say wait and you don't get much done. No, no, you wait, you run faster. And you mount up with wings as eagles. So just, just something that felt God put in my heart for you as I was been waiting upon the Lord over these last few days. You know, we all face, what's wrong with that clock? It's just, it's demon-possessed. It is. I, I, some, I think someone's moving it, Joe. Is that right? They're just, you know, I mean, a, a while ago it was, it was, it was called to a seven. Now it's 7.04 and it's only been five minutes since then. So something's wrong with that clock for sure. I, I'm going to have to move on because there's just too much stuff here to say. But um, can I say, you know, we all face many challenges and trials and I reckon encounters and moments is what can get you through. Recently, I faced a really, I'm talking about recent, last few weeks, a really big, big disappointment. Really let down. Felt even betrayed. And I thought, man, I didn't see this one coming. I didn't see this one coming. And I thought to my God, I said, God, I... How am I going to handle this one? 
I've been on the road a fair while. This is one of the worst I've had. It's only a couple of weeks back. And so um, I had to call my intercessors. I've got a team of 10 intercessors. They've left all their leadership roles because they feel their ministry is to just intercede and pray for me. That's why I can do what I'm doing. I couldn't do this without the backing of a powerful intercessors. So I immediately text them and I said, look, this is what's happened. You guys, you've got to pray. So the next day they'll ring me, contact me, say, how are you doing? I said, look, I couldn't sleep last night. I said, you know, mine was just going crazy. And I said, please get the team. They've got to pray. I'm, I'm really dependent on prayer, prayer intercessors for my ministry, honestly, stuff that we do. And so um, I said, you guys got to pray. And so I think it was a Saturday morning about two or three days after that I was in a time of prayer. And you know, I'll sing of the goodness of the Lord all the days of my life. God met with me in a profound way. Over a period of about 30 minutes, and somehow he just let me know in my spirit, he said, it's okay. I've got all this covered. I'm still in control. Don't worry about it. Now, people can tell you that, but when the spirit encounters you with that, it's a different story. From that moment, friends, I've had the peace of God that passes understanding. And I stand here today and I'm thinking, why am I not worried about this? That's a power of encounter. And friends, you know, to survive the challenges that you're going to have throughout the course of your life and your walk with God, whether you're a leader or whatever you do, the, the key is, is this encounter, these moments with God. And they don't have to, you don't have to fall on the floor and roll and all the rest of it. But those moments, God is real, friends. And I just want to encourage you to develop this whole area in your life. And uh, it's, it's not hard to do. And I'm trying to make it as simple as I possibly can tonight. C.S. Lewis was one of the great Christian writers of all time. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. But you know, growing up, he got hurt. So hurt, he no longer believed in God. He became an atheist. Boy, how does that happen? Well, it does. 1931, he met God while riding in a sidecar of a motorcycle on a journey to the zoo. Amazing, isn't it? He came to a realization in that sidecar of a motorcycle on a journey to the zoo that he needed Christ. And he said, when I set out, I did not believe in Jesus. I did not believe Jesus was the Son of God. But when I reached the zoo, I did. Spiritual conversion. He had a moment with God. Just a moment, friends, that changed his life. He became one of the greatest writers and has blessed the Christian world in so many wonderful and profound ways. You know, a moment can awaken a dream in your life. A moment can restore a vision that God has given you historically. A moment can impart something to your life about your future. A moment can call forth gifts that are locked inside of your life. It just takes a moment, a trigger, a spark from God to do that. Some of you heard of the Shakers. They were an interesting bunch of people, weren't they? They would rock and roll and, you know, they would shake away and they would fall down and be out in the power of God. And I think they should roll around a lot. That's why they're called Holy Rollers. And it's, it's all good. You know, they were really big into encounters and moments with God. But what I love about the Shakers is that some of them would have these moments, these encounters with God, but then they would get up and they would establish Barclays Bank. Mm. 
So it wasn't an encounter that went nowhere. It wasn't a moment that went nowhere. Oh, I had an encounter with God, but I'm still living the same old life that I've always lived. I'm still not doing anything for God. Another holy, one of these holy roller shakers, you know, got up after his encounter with God. And you can thank God for this. Established Cadbury's chocolate. Hey? Anyone into chocolate here? Yeah, you better roll on the flound here and express your gratitude to the holy rollers. My point is this. Moments are to change us. Moments are to move us forward in our walk and our relationship and our service for God. They're not just, you know, God bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. No, no, we get changed and we move forward in our walk with God and we do more for him than we've ever done before. William Booth saw himself sick and dying. And he's taken to heaven. He sees the book of life, record of all his actions. He's overwhelmed. This is William Booth. Overwhelmed that he had wasted virtue all his life living for himself. Jesus stared at him silently. Booth said, I wish some mountain would fall on me and hide me forever from his presence. He felt God say to him, go back to earth. I'll give you another opportunity. Become on my behalf a savior of men. That one encounter with God totally transformed his life. And he became a great champion of the gospel. Founded the Salvation Army, blood and fire. That's brought transformation to the world. See, I've heard someone else say this, but I think what happens is when you're having a moment with God, it creates a momentum in your life that can lead to a movement. A moment to momentum to a movement. You see, many years ago, as some of you have heard, I was reading the book of Hudson Taylor. I was absolutely, totally gripped by it, encountered God in a profound way and had this sense of call to the mission field and to missions. And as a result of that, we went to the Philippines and, and came back, established Church Unlimited, and, and now through Church Unlimited, through our radio, and some of you have heard this, our television, our magazine, our Seven campuses, our New Zealand Beyond Conference in Auckland, Christchurch, Pakistan and beyond, Egypt and beyond, UK and beyond. Through all of that, friends, I think we're now ministering in approximately 100 nations of the world. What I'm saying is this, a moment with God, reading a book. That's where you can get your moment in a book. Led to a momentum in my life. It's now become a movement. Momentum is so powerful. That's what, got Joe, that's what got Moses. He has a moment at the burning bush and he leads a nation out of captivity. Yeah. David has a moment with God. And God anoints him with that oil. Becomes that great leader of, of Israel. He has that moment with God. Go throughout the word of God. Go throughout the scriptures. Joseph has those two dreams of leadership. He has that moment with God. Leads to a momentum and sometimes even a movement. It all comes back to a moment, but a moment doesn't have to be dramatic, friends. That's what, one of the things that in some ways makes it a bit challenging just reading the book. That's why I wanted to simplify it right down. I didn't have a burning bush as such. I didn't have a dream of visions of people bowing down to me. All I had is reading a book and something my heart is strangely warmed. It's as simple as that. But as a result of that, if you take it from there now, this ministry that God's giving us, it's, it's extraordinary, friends. It's extraordinary, but it comes back to those times where God 
is able to touch our lives and to minister to us. So I just want to wrap it up with this. Why do Christians attend church? Why are you here? Some Christians in their busy life, day to relax, they come to church every week, sometimes morning, sometimes night. Just like you here tonight, good on you, well done. So my question is, why get up, get dressed, put on makeup? Forgot mine tonight. But when I was doing TV, they sure always want me to put makeup on. Don't know, they push all this stuff over me, and you look so fake. I said, I don't need any makeup. They said, Yes, you do. <laughs> I said to my wife, Do I need makeup? She said, Yeah, you do. <laughs> I said to my staff, Do you need any makeup? They said, Yes, I do. All their salaries just dropped in a moment. It's so sad. <laughs> so I used to put on makeup. But you know, you get up, dress, you make up, you, know, you have an argue, argument with your wife, you, know, you fight with the kids. You're driving to church and someone's taking your car park and can't find a seat in the church and you're bitter and twisted by the time you get here. If people do that and they don't know why, they're not going to do it for long. Then we have to entertain people to come. We have to have special events, extra lights, more food, more food. Yeah, more food. You beg people to come. So why come to church? If you don't know why, you're not going to come too often. Major reason you come to church is to have a moment with God. It's to encounter God. It's to meet with the living Christ. It's to be impacted by the Spirit of God. It's to be touched by the worship and by the Word. It's to go out different from when you came in. I am sick and tired, honestly, of services in my own church where people come in year in and year out and they're no different 10 years later because they're not meeting with God. They're not encountering God. They're just ticking the box. I was in church on Sunday. Friends, we've got to get rid of that stuff. And we've got to bring back the presence of God, the power of God, the encounter with God. So everyone comes to touch God. I feel some of these things so strongly. I don't know how we've lost some of it. How, how has the enemy robbed us of this stuff? That, you know, people, I mean, it happens to me. You yawn through the worship. You know, and you, you get to the Word of God and say, well, how long is this guy going to go on for? Well, quite a lot longer, quite frankly. <laughs> you, you know, there's just like, it's, it's, it just, just shouldn't be like that. We're in the presence of God. You know, the creator of the universe is right here in our midst and in our hearts. How can that be boring? Well, it can be. Somehow we've created a culture where it can be. I hope I'm not being too tough on this stuff, but, you know, we've got to do all these stuff. And that's why the churches have to do so much. You've got to work so hard just to get people here. Becoming hungry for God. I was saved in the charismatic renewal, as some of you know. We ran to church. Seriously, we fought over the front rows. There was fights in the front row. Get out of my way. You know, I got here first. Because we wanted to be as close to, I don't know, out the mouth where this glory comes out of the spout or something. I don't know whether it's some, he'll know how to say that stuff. Danny knows all those C's and R's and all the rest of it. But we all wanted to be the front. You know, we wanted to be as close to whatever it was as possible. We did not want to sit in the back row. You know, we were just hungry for God. I no one had to tell me, hey, why weren't you in church last Sunday? They, they, what they would say to me is, how come you're in church all the time? Is that what they say to you? I hope they do. Hunger for God, friends. When you've got hunger, no one has to tell you to worship God or to pray or to come to church or to serve. 
they've got to stop you. They've got to stop you because you're so passionate to do something. That was the days of the charismatic renewal. And those were great days. But friends, the greatest days of the church are still to come. We're coming into our finest hour. The church of Australia will rise and become a force to be reckoned with. The government's going to turn to the, the church and say, church, we don't have any more answers. Can you help us? And we'll have the power and the wisdom and the anointing to give them the answers. They'll keep coming back to us again and again. And I prophesy over Australia that the voice of the church is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. It will be a force to be reckoned with. We will be the head and not the tail. We'll be on top and not beneath. We'll be not scorned and ridiculed. There's still probably always going to be some of that, but we'll also be turned to and looking for answers. This will be our finest hour. Australia will begin to turn to Jesus. Do you know why? Because of you and because of me. We're here. We've got Jesus in our hearts. We've got God in our sight. Hey, if you and me, God and me, that's a majority against any number of people that are against us. If we've got God on our side, surely we've got to win in the end. We just got to get him on our side in terms of, you know, following through on having those moments and encounters and all those things. So I'm not here on a defeatist mentality for one moment. You know, I feel I'm on a mission to see the church awakened and arise because I believe our finest hour is coming. And I believe, I believe there's a revival coming and I'm going to see it with my own eyes just as well as, just as well I'm very young. A pretty weak laugh on that one. I'm offended now. So tell yourself, you know, the more a person has moments with God, the more they're going to turn up to church. Tell yourself, every Sunday, whenever you come to church, I'm here to have a moment. I've come to have a moment. God, I've come to touch you. God, would you meet with me? God, I need you. I need you. God, I'm struggling with this, that, and the other. God, God, help me. Please, Jesus, come and he'll be delighted to come, friends. He'll be delighted to touch your life and minister to you because that's the kind of God that he is. When you're passionate for God, you create an atmosphere where you're positioned for an encounter. Don't attend meetings. Heaven help us. Don't attend meetings thinking, I wonder how good the musicians are going to be today. God, deliver us. Don't come thinking, how good is a preacher going to be today? It doesn't matter, friends. What you want is the presence of God. And he can speak through a donkey. You know how I know that? He speaks through me. And he speaks through daddy too. And there's that total proof. We've got to get rid of some of this stuff, folks. If you come to see how good the song leader, singer is, how good the preacher is, you've come for the wrong reasons. People run from church to church to church. What? Oh, there's a bit of preacher up there, a bit of music there. No, no, no. If you're going to change church, go to a place that's got more presence. Huh? I say don't go. Stay where you are and bring the presence. That's a better way to do it. Bring the presence. If it's not there, bring it. Pray it in. But let's get to church, friends, for God. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point of it? Yeah. Isn't, aren't we, isn't, isn't that the whole deal? How do we lose all this stuff? I think we get so busy. You know, the greatest enemy of the worship of God is the work of God. We work so hard, we forget to worship. 
you know. So we've got to give him our worship. God's heart is, you know, even I feel it as I preach, and you know, God's heart is aching for some of this stuff. And I think the, the good thing that is, if he's aching about it, it's because he's going to change it. He's going to change. He's not going to leave us where we are. He's going to change it. He's going to pull us up. He's not here to condemn anybody. He's not here to condemn any church or anything like that. He's just, he's just awakening us. I mean, I'm getting away. All this stuff challenges me, challenges my own church. Half my people come just to see how good the music is and how good the preacher is. And I sometimes go to places just to see how good the preacher is. Seriously, I do. Just being honest. That's not the deal. Because God can speak through a donkey. And if you're hungry, you will receive a moment through pathetic preaching. Now, I'm not promoting pathetic preaching for a minute, all right? You understand me better than that. But sometimes if it's not that good a message, don't turn off. Don't tune out. Because you've come for a moment. Keep your heart open to God. And just say, God, even through this donkey, you can speak to me. (laughs) Understand what I'm saying? Hungry people, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God, for they shall be filled. There's the key, friends. Hunger. Hunger. Hungry people attract the attention of heaven. Yeah. Hungry people attract the attention of God if musicians like to come. Our lives need to be a series of moments with God. Series of moments with God. And God's got that for you. He really has. I'm no more special than you. We're all the same. We're all equal. God has no favorites. In fact, you are his favorite. So am I. We're all his favorites. Series of moments with God. The good news is this. You're designed by God to encounters with him. You are made for this. It's time for fresh encounters that make God real and empowers you to impact your world. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand together, please? We'll finalize these contracts a bit later on, so don't worry about that. Just leave that with me, folks. bow your heads in prayer for a moment please and I I just wonder if there's anyone here you don't know Jesus you're not a Christian you're not saved maybe you've been a churchgoer but it's all been religion rules regulations do's don'ts and you've never had a personal relationship with God a friendship with God where he's real and powerful in your life if you don't know Jesus you're not saved and you want to be I'd love to pray for you Or maybe you're back sitting, you're away from God, but tonight there's something stirring your heart. You think, man, I need to come back to Jesus. I need to come back to God tonight. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus, and you want to, would you just quickly just raise your hand? Just hold it up for a few moments. I'll see it, I'll acknowledge it, and then we're going to pray. I just want to give you an opportunity. If there's anyone here that wants to do that, I'm not going to drag this out at all, but I always like to give that opportunity. If you've not raised your hand, but you still want to make that decision, you can come and see one of the leaders or one of the pastors here and talk to them at the end of the service. Our time is moving on, so I'm not going to delay that one any longer, but 
If you don't know Jesus, please ask some questions at the information desk. Ask myself, ask someone here, and let's see what God will do in your heart and in your life. Can we do um, your promise still stands? Is that going to be a bit tricky? Do it again. Can we do it again? Do it again? Okay. All right. I'm going to just sing that song, you know. A lot of you have had burning bushes, promises from God. He said stuff to you, maybe five years old, maybe five minutes old, maybe 50 years old. But his promise still stands. The burning bush is still alive. And God still wants to fulfill the word and the promises that he's made to your heart, into your life. Can we just go to that, but your promise still stands. And Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that we've had together. And this has truly been a moment, Lord God. It's not just another conference, but a moment, Lord God, where we've met with you. And truly we can say you've done some amazing things in our hearts and life. As we go from this place, Lord God, let us not just forget what we've picked up and some of the things that need to change in our lives. Let us pick up on those, Lord God, and begin to implement, I pray. Our desire, God, is to serve you. Our desire, God, is to do your will, Lord God. If your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. We just want to be where you are, Lord God. We just want to be where your presence is, Lord God. Because where your presence is, there's your favour, Lord God. There's your anointing. There's grace to do things we could never do on our own, Lord God. We love you, God. And we just want to thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your servants that have given from their hearts, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in their lives. Continue to bless them, we pray, Lord God, as they go. Be glorified even, even through our lives, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you.